Yeah, see, I, I, I saw the trailer and it reminded me a little bit too much of Murder on the Orange Express, which mm. I thought was the most tedious film in cinema yeah. of the last <laughs> 20 years. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was thinking I'm not, I wasn't in a hurry to go and see that. So, but if someone says it's good, and I heard, I heard the review that Nina did, Oh yeah, yeah, until yeah, it yeah. cut off anyway. I was like, yeah, and and. <laughs> and like, That's the point. Like, okay. That's the point of the teaser. Ah. <laughs> Let's get ready to rumble. Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that asks that question. Where should you spend your money? Should you spend your time at home, sitting on your couch? Should you go out to the cinema and get entertained? My name is Tosin and I am the host. I'm based somewhere up in Coventry. And joining me for what is one of the few constants in my life, 6pm every Thursday evening, are Sharon. Hello. And Sean. Hiya. On the Isle of Wight. How are you guys doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, me too. I'm good. I'm good. The weather's been a bit iffy, piffy, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Been... How, how's your job? I haven't worked this week. You haven't worked this week, no. I suppose you can't really take I would have it. sunk. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you would have done that. It would have, been, it would have seen this all like bubbles coming out of this puddle. And it'd be like, what's under <laughs> there? It would have been the gardener. <laughs> what's the weather been like up your end, Toes? It's been pretty wet. It's been pretty wet. It's wet too, yeah. It's, it's, just, been, it's just been like, you know... Um, Oh, because obviously I I play tennis and we usually play on a Monday night and Monday night we're just like drowned rats out there so it was it was a case of right okay guys okay we've given it we've given it forty minutes all right cool um now let's just uh cinema yeah I'm going to the cinema so I quit, uh, left tennis and then went to go watch a preview screen of Knives Out oh yes ah. yeah i went to watch a previous screen of knives out and the which which leads me on to the thing about the films we're going to be talking about this week so i went to see a previous screen of it our super fan nina actually went to see it as well and we i have recorded her review of knives out we were going to talk about it this week but then we started totting up the films that we have seen this week and it turned out that between us sean i was trying to do i was trying to do a you i'd been at one point <laughs> essentially i was in the cinema once on monday i was in the cinema twice on tuesday and wow yes i know i was was at the cinema twice on tuesday i'll get to the reasons why in a second cinema twice on tuesday and i was and i was scheduled to be in the cinema on wednesday night as well and i just thought i can't i can't do this i need to do it (laughs) i need to get some work yeah Yeah, honestly honestly i just got to the point i was like no no, I can't. I, can't. I, I never thought that life would get me to a point where I'll say, you know what? I can't go to the cinema again. It's too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there was a film week. on. That's right. There was a film on that I wanted to see, but it was on at two in the afternoon called, I think, Those That, that Follow, it's called, but or something like that. I saw it, but yes. it's just the one showing it, like, quarter past two, and it's like, I can't get to that. I looked at that one as well. You looked at that one. But again, it's super times. I think I looked at it on Saturday afternoon thinking, what should I see Saturday afternoon? And it was about half past two, because that's normally the time when I like to go, between yeah. half two and like half yeah. three, because then it's afternoon, it doesn't interrupt my street no. time. So, and I looked <laughs> up, and there was nothing that was due to start within the next hour. There was just nothing. They'd all started like at yeah, two I know. o'clock. I know, it's but bizarre. ridiculous. Well, I, uh, there's another film that I was looking forward to, but it hasn't come to the island. Um but I did see it. I, I didn't get a chance when I was on the mainland this time. But there's a, there's a film called Harriet. Yes. Which, oh uh, yeah, by yeah. Harriet Tubman. So, yeah. I'm hoping to I'm hoping to catch that. Yeah, so, I don't think that's going to no, be done. I've seen here. trailers and thought, oh yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah, yeah. So so I mean, 
it's a shame really but I'm, I'm surprised they got that other one you know those that follow i think it's called yeah and you know but it's on at two o'clock in the afternoon so <laughs> so that's crazy okay. and i'm away this weekend so i'm going up to to watch tottenham play bournemouth this weekend up to Ooh, the new tottenham stadium, the new so, tottenham stadium. So, so i won't be i doubt i'll be watching much this weekend yeah <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yep. Good. Yeah. That's something I still have to check my dad. My dad's a Tottenham fan. I still have to take him to go see a game at the new stadium. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but as we we're saying, we noticed that there were quite a few films this week out this week, and but uh, we know that life is a game, and we know it's a bit of a give and take. And if the studios, if the Hollywood studios are giving you something this week, you know that they're taking away something from somewhere. And sure enough, we actually had a look at next week to see. Okay, let's see if we talk about five films this week. What are we going to talk about next week? And sure enough, there's like nothing being released next week for some weird reason. <laughs> it's like uh, looking at this, looking at the um, the listings for next week. I pretty much exactly the same as this week. This week, yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. Yeah, I thought the same. I noticed that. Yeah. So, so because of that, we have decided that we are going to push knives out which is the film that i saw which superfan nina we had a chat with her about it and um we're going to push that film and we're going to push charlie's angels to next week so we're going to review those next week because i i actually yeah because i saw that as, as a preview oh, i saw that as a preview yeah yeah so, that, that was the so, film that was the film i was supposed to see last night oh uh, uh, yeah that was the film i was supposed to see it as a preview last night and i just thought no no no, but but that's but that's good because it it gives me time to see well me and Sharon it gives me and Sharon time to see Knives Out and it gives you time yes. to see Charlie's Angels. It so, does, it does. Um, and maybe would the Charlie's Angels interest you at all, Sharon? No. <laughs> 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 no. Okay. Now the thing is, now Sharon, I would actually. <laughs> Oh, excuse mm-hmm. me. As we all cough our lungs up. So, sorry, Sharon, I would actually be really interested to see what you think of Charlie's Angels. Yeah. Because from what I hear, okay. because this, oh, I know Charlie's Angels has essentially been, quite frankly, let's be honest, it's been a male fantasy ever since its inception in the 70s yeah. or something like that. But this I one is... I remember Farrah Fawcett and Karen, what's her name? Karen Smith, yeah. is it? Jacqueline I, Smith. I, I, Jacqueline Smith. Karen was the other one. Yeah, I mean, I never used to watch it, actually. I remember I was aware of it, and it was like, you know, the posters, and you had like, you know, okay, angels. I mean, I can't do that voice (laughs) where it's Charlie. (laughs) But, you know, oh, crawl, angels. This is, you know, but I was, so I remember that. You went a bit bane there. Yeah, I did. (laughs) Oh, angels. Yeah, angels. Yeah, Yeah, probably. But, um, so, yeah, so I didn't actually watch it. I wasn't a fan of the show. So, so. It's one of those shows um, that I know about, but I cannot remember ever watching an episode. I remember seeing yeah, bits of it. episodes like and me. stuff like that, but I do not actually remember watching yeah, episodes. Yeah, it was like Starsky and Hutch. I mean, it was yeah. of its time. So yeah. I was a, yeah, I was young when I saw it. So I never saw the remake in the 90s or noughties. I never saw that remake. Oh, the I, can still remember the mu- yes. I can still remember the music, though. <laughs> 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 Look at Sharon's looking at me with a, a face I'm like, like, like what the what, heck? Yeah, what's going on? You've been yeah. possessed by the ghost of Okay. Yeah, but no, I do, I do, uh, I agree with you. I do remember the music, but I'm, I'm more, uh, I'm more conversant with the films that were made. With I think those were the night. It was, it was early noughties in the wake of the Matrix that they made the two Charlie's Angels movies with Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, and Lucy Liu. And yeah. they make two of them. Oh, I didn't see them actually. Yeah. I, I haven't yeah. seen them. Yeah, I've seen those ones, and and I think the same thing could be leveled at it. But this time around, it's been directed by Elizabeth Banks, who is very vocal about the fact that she's trying to make something that is a lot more 
about the women as opposed it's like essentially let me put it this way it focuses more on the angels than on the charlies if right that, okay. yeah okay. so so sharon i would actually be interested to see what you think about that and see uh, if they if they succeed in doing that would I, I have a good mind to actually take you to see it make me see it yeah okay. make you see it I, I think you should i think you should i think you should really okay so so i think we should all and we should all review that and it, i mean because i think that 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 that's a really really interesting movie to talk about seriously so, well i'm not yeah. free next wednesday oh, thank goodness <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh no 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 it's 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 free it's released now sharon it's a it's a it's around oh, it? all oh, week okay. so you can see this oh. weekend you can see to not you can leave this podcast right now and go watch it right now if you so choose so <laughs> that sounded mission impossible that one. That's not Charlie's Angels, that's Mission Impossible. Yay! <laughs> Should you decide to take it. Yes. Whoop, yes. Whoop. So so as so as I said, we will be talking Charlie's Angels and Knives Out next week and we'll also be playing the okay. Nina the Nina review because we've given her we've given her the um you know how we always we always share the synopses like okay you tell me this tell us what yes. this thing's about so we've given her the honor and next week she's going to give us the synopses or synopsis of what um knives out is all about um so cool. so but getting on to this week and the films we're actually going to be talking about so as we if you've been listening to this show you know that what we do is we'll have usually three rounds and now that we've kicked those two films to next week we actually do have three rounds we three rounds where we're gonna go. We're gonna go cinema. What what's in the cinema? What are we gonna put it up against on Netflix and all that kind of stuff. And this is a week in which the big story, the huge massive story, should have been that Frozen Two's out and is destroying all in front of it. It should have been like Frozen Two's out is destroying all in front of it. Parents are, are getting ready to have their kids singing this song all over again. That da, 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 da. Disney are making all the money in the world. That is what the that is what the um story should have been. Instead, there's a film that has weirdly enough in the week that Frozen Two has been released, been getting more column inches and more talk about it, and therefore getting more people to go watch it. And this is part of the reason why I ended up twice in the cinema on a Tuesday. I was not planning. I was not planning to see this film, but after all the fury that has uh, that's come up because of this film, I was like, "Well, now I have to see it." <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah, and for all the wrong, not so. It wasn't necessarily about the film, was it? If I, I probably we can both guess which film you're talking about. Yes. it wasn't about the film. It was about the sort of under the screening of the films, or even if it's related to this film or not. Yes, isn't uh, it? It's the you tell us what the film is. So, oh, it's the film we're talking about is obviously Blue Story, which you could not have avoided. <laughs> uh, you had to be hiding underneath a rock in the U, in the United Kingdom to avoid talk about this film this week because what happened was um the film was released at the weekend and at view cinemas at one particular view cinema at star city in birmingham which is about 30 minutes away from me 30 minutes away from where i live so uh they said that they they had because the film is about gang culture in london so it's and they had some gangs who showed up and said there were some teenagers out there with machetes starting a fight outside the cinema and because of that view went right there's a there's a gang film on there's a gang outside trying to do stuff that's it we're pulling this film we're not showing it in any of our cinemas across the country any of 100 locations across the country this film is going to be is going to be removed because it's causing trouble now and this obviously caused a big massive thing because everybody everybody and his dog immediately yelled racist <laughs> <laughs> uh, and 
because personally i i um, i'm somebody who i think accusing anybody of being a racist i think that's one of the that's one of the uh, for me it's a massive massive accusation to make it's like a it's a dagger to the heart for me to call somebody mm. a racist so i am always one who's like okay go wait 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 before we jump to that conclusion let's pull this thing back a bit before we start slinging that word about because that is a that is that's some really really yeah. thick mud to fling. That's that's serious, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's serious serious, serious mud. To, so I'm always like, okay, let's just pull it back. Wait, wait, and and so with me, I was kind of like, okay, cool. Before we say this thing, let's actually think about this. And I was like, okay, let's say. Um, so I, I started looking at it, looking at the story, and trying to figure out if the makers of the film, for instance, were sort of like telling gangs to go watch this film, and you know, like you know, the sharks and the jets or whatever you want to call them show up, and then they start making. Yeah, okay, then there could be a problem with it. But then the more I looked at this story, the more I was thinking, ooh, this looks dodge. <laughs> this looks really, <laughs> this looks really dodge because apparently at the time that the incident happened, the film wasn't actually due to show at that, at that time. So it was, uh, and there, and do, do, do you think it, do you think it was a publicity stunt? Dude, well, you see the uh, pictures uh, of that this... with the machete, don't you? That this this is well. I don't know. I haven't really seen that much. I mean, I'm aware of it and I've heard it on the news, but yeah. I haven't seen any pictures or. You see a picture of this lad carrying a 16-inch machete. Yeah. Well, is that is that, well, at, the, that? at the Birmingham at the Birmingham? Um... Yeah, so one of these. Yeah, there's a picture of this lad with this big blade. But that could just be that there's what's been going on in that particular area has spilled yeah. well, over yeah. and. Uh, yeah, and I think, and I think that this is we'll we'll get to talking about the film in a second. Um, but it, it, I think it's, and I think that's why it's it's essentially saying like, look, this is what's happening. This is what's happening. Many people might not actually realize, but this is what's happening. And it's so when you talk about it being a publicity stunt, this is another question that's come to my mind. So the first question is, was it racist? Number two, was it a publicity stunt? And and with the whole because with the racist thing, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking. You couldn't make View cancel it from all of your... I mean, I don't think the people who made this film have the kind of clout to have a deal with View to tell them, cancel it in every single one of your venues. And I feel like the... It's almost... Because people have pointed out the fact that if you remember The Dark Knight, when that was released, there was... There was somebody went in and shot a whole bunch of people in a cinema yeah. where they were showing mm-hmm. The Dark Knight. And that people actually died. So people died from the yeah, like twenty. Some people died when, the, and people said, "Well, they didn't pull that from the cinema." And I was like, uh, "Okay, yeah, but okay, l- l- let me try and be, let me try and be even here. They didn't pull that from the cinema, mm. but that was like you know one event in one place." And I feel like it's almost as if that I I think I've come down to the point where there is something racial in here. It's almost kind of like we haven't experienced this before. We haven't had this kind of film in the cinemas, like, you know, widespread before. We haven't had this kind of thing. Oh, that, those two things must be linked. Quick, pull it, pull it, pull it. And and the fact that View are being very, very vague. They're saying, oh, there were like 20 other incidences, but there is no detail about these other incidences that happened. There is... There, there, and it's there's just so many things around it because when I went to see this film in Coventry, well... Um, on Monday night, I went to see Knives Out in Coventry. And when I came out of the cinema, there were policemen hanging around outside. And really? I, yeah, there were, there, were, there were policemen. There were, community, there were probably about eight policemen, like a sort of community police support officers, standing outside the cinema. And I went to ask the cinema staff, I was like, why are they here? They were like, oh, it's because Blue Story is playing and they're just here just in case anything kicks off. So, oh, <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, uh, yeah, so... Uh, so I, I I just so, think, and essentially, when I went to see the film, it was a demographic that I do not necessarily see in cinemas. 
It was number one. It was one of the most packed screenings I've ever been in recently. There, there the cinema, the, the screen was pretty much full. And number two, uh-huh. it was it was a demographic of like you know young black people who you, who you usually don't see coming on mass to the cinema. And I feel like there might have been some sort of miscommunication about the way they acted and then the way people thought it was and then the view. I, I essentially, I think view overreacted. I think view overreacted. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, but mm-hmm. at the, and at the same time, even though I think I've come, I've, I've thought about whether it's a, a publicity stunt. I've played around in my head and I've thought if it was a publicity stunt, it's a very, very risky publicity stunt to pull. Mm-hmm. It's a massively yeah. risky one to pull to actually get people to start walking around with machetes. That's that's just massively, massively dangerous. And I and I think that there's just so many things in it which I don't think you could account for. But what I will say is that it has turned out to be mega brilliant publicity for this film because I would not have seen this film. I would not even have known that this film was released if it wasn't for what View did and The Big Fury. And I was thinking, okay, cool. Oh, we, we have a podcast where we talk about films. I'm the only black guy on this podcast. I need to go watch this film. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, it was just like, it was just like a, I need to go watch this film. Go see what the whole thing is about. Go see. And if nothing else, just to sort of like stick two fingers up at view. I, I want to go watch this film in a cinema that isn't a view. So that is the big story that has been this week. So Sean, tell me about what happened. What made you, what made you go see it? Well, I, I saw this before actually, because I always look at, you know, you know, when I look at films and I did notice it when, um, I was I was sort of on the mainland, and I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. I, I, that, this was before, so I was aware of it before, but I thought it was one that wouldn't come to the island. Yeah. I thought it's not going to come. Yeah. So I was aware of this one, and then then all the controversy, all the controversy hit, and I was like, oh right, okay. But I would have seen this anyway, even if it hadn't been controversial, because it's a sort of film that you know I like, I like those sort of films. But what was funny, and it was there was quite a lot of people there, to be fair, which I think for a film like this, so whatever the publicity, negative or whatever, obviously worked its magic because there you know there was there was quite a few people in the screen yep uh, but the strange thing was i took uh i took the chinese uh teaching assistant with with me to watch it and um she was like baffled by the whole thing she just she was i could in fact i i, I said look you know I, I totally understand if you want to because i mean there's some violent scenes in it and stuff like that yeah which, I, I mean i don't think she was too worried about that but i think she just couldn't really get what was going on because she looked and she said, I don't know what they're saying. I can't understand, you know, she can't understand what they're talking about. You know, yes. although she could speak good English and she could probably understand it if you said, well, you've met her, haven't you? Yes, yeah. yeah. And I could just see and I said, look, I, I won't be offended if you want to go, you know, if you want to go. But she did, she did stick out with it. She said, no, I've come with you. I will watch it. But I don't think she particularly enjoyed it. But I think that was purely because she couldn't understand it. I yeah. didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So... But yeah, but uh, so yeah, so it was, it was there was more people there than I thought, and I because I thought it would be like oh yeah, I better choose my seat, but I couldn't because they were all taken, yeah. all, all my seats. So I was I was sort of sat towards Your the regular? side. Oh. Yeah, my regular seats were gone. <laughs> you know, I was like, what's 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 all this about? You know, because I thought there might be a half a dozen people in there. Yeah. But- but no, it was really busy. Yeah, so, yeah, it's so, you'd expect it to be like a sort of small art house niche movie, but as, yeah. we, as we said, the. The 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 stories that I've had this week has just sort of made it made it a much bigger concern. It's made it it's yeah. made it it's 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 given it a shot in the arm. So whether it was planned or not, view inadvertently I think have made this film a much bigger deal than it would have been otherwise. So yeah. <laughs> so well, I should imagine it's made it some money. Yeah, and it, we haven't got a view on the Isle of Wight, so we don't care. No, <laughs> ban away. No. Ban away. Won't stop us watching it. That's right. And I think Cine, Cine World learned learned a lesson with when they stopped didn't show the hateful eight a few years yeah. back so 
but that's for other reasons. Anyway, we won't yeah. go into that. Yeah, yes, we, 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 won't, we won't go into that. I mean, this is this is also like cultural, and actually, that's that's just lawyers arguing. <laughs> we don't want to talk so about, about that. The- so, so about so, the film then, what is it about? Okay, so let's kick off with the film. So let's kick off with the film. And seven minutes starts now. So the film is essentially, it's about two kids. So this, the film Blue Story is about two kids who live in different postcodes in London. One of them is SE13 and uh, well, one of them is in Peckham. And one of them is in an area called Dartford. And they are friends. They've grown up together, all that sort of stuff. And they, but because of the areas that they grow up in, gangs have sort of formed around these areas and there's this sort of gang culture where it's kind of like, hey, you come from this area, this is what you do. You come from that area, that's what you do. And we hate each other. Why? Because they live there. But why? Because they live there, okay? And, and so you have one of them who lives in one of these areas but goes to school in the, in the other area. And he and his best friend, they're, they're, like, no, they're like thick as thieves. They're, they're just so together. But his best friend's brother is quite involved in this gang warfare and it's like it's kind of going look why are you friends with that guy don't you know that guy comes from that area but it's like look and these two guys don't want anything to do with it as far as they're concerned it doesn't matter where you grow up it doesn't matter it just matters that that is a good guy i like that guy he's my friend and then the film rolls out into being this sort of story of what happens and it's no spoiler to say it runs like being a story of what happens to get them into the gang culture so it's uh, it's really about how you see these two boys who start off with bright features ahead of them they're good at school all that kind of stuff and what happens in their lives to make them go from the point of view where they don't care about gang warfare they don't want to be part of it they're trying to do everything to avoid it to the point where they actually end up on op- in opposite gangs really really involved in it and at loggerheads with each other that is pretty much the that's the synopsis of the film would you agree sean I would pretty much agree that, yeah. yeah. For me, this film, I don't remember a film from, I think it must have been, I don't know, it was either probably 90s, there was a film called Boys in the Hood. Oh, yeah, 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 the American ever, film in 1992. John Singleton. Yeah. And, I, yeah, that's it. So, I mean, this film sort of reminded me very much, I, I mean, it was a different film because it was a British film and, and yeah. the gangs and things were slightly different, but it was that sort of story, you know, the sort of story where, where and but you know people sort of uh, they they get pulled into a way of life you know it's what like I mean something handle. happened there's certain incidents that aren't you know and gradually things escalate and then it becomes and and it's such a shame and I think for me this was like saying a story oh I wasn't too sure about the um the the director sort of his his part in the in the the movie I I wasn't sure on that I could understand why the the you know that was there why the narrative was there he was sort of explaining okay well the so, okay what Sean's talking about is that they, they have they have these interludes in the film which is pretty much like a greek chorus so you know how when you watch a play and you have a greek chorus that come on and tell you essentially yeah. do, do some yeah, exposition they, address, they break that fourth wall don't yes. they they, they yeah. address the audience yeah, yeah. And, and they have these interludes in the film where the director of the film is a guy called his his rap name is Rapman. he comes up and he he does these rap interludes that tell you this is what's going on and move you from one scene to another. It happens about three times during the film. But I know, Sean, you're saying that you weren't too sure about it. But yeah, yeah. I, the, I, I, the was, first... I, was, I was I was, sort of, yeah, I was going to say that, but I didn't know if that would class as a they, spoiler. But he used that device in the film Bronson with Bronson, um, Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy yeah. where he addresses, he's sort of on a stage yeah. and he addresses the, the audience and they use a yeah. different medium to sort of go from one part of his life to another. Right. So Did, they have used that device in... That's right. Did that work things. for you? 
Oh, I loved it. No, not as a narrative. Pardon? It's you, 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 you enjoyed the, the it, rapping part. Yeah, yeah. In, in Blue Story, I loved it. I mean, the, when, it, when it showed up, right, because you were saying that essentially this is the kind of film that, and I know some people have said, oh, we've seen this story before. And it can be leveled at it because if you look at any of the Martin Scorsese movies about Italian gangsters in New York or anything like that, there is there are similarities in the beats and the where the story goes, which is it's a bit depressing because this just keeps happening over and over again. But um, so, but it's but it's filtered through this sort of black South London lens. And so when I looked at there, because this film essentially, if you look at it, and if you strip away the fact that it's black people, strip away the fact that it's in South London, strip away the fact that they speak in a very sort of like particular kind of slang, it's a Shakespeare play. It's totally Shakespearean. You mean you could kick off or you could talk about the Montagues and the Capulets and you could talk about the infer infer Peckham where we lay our scene, these two families fight mm. against each other. It is it is totally yeah. Shakespearean. And the fact that he comes yeah, yeah. Out, and the fact that he comes out and the fact that he does this th- these rap interludes, I was like, This oh my word, I loved it. I was like, it's like a Greek chorus coming in and it's doing all that kind of stuff, but it's doing it in a way that it's very, very true to the area that they grew up and has come out of who they are. And I was, that was one of the, I think the rap interludes were something that I just thought, oh, good Lord, this guy actually has a, he has a vision. He has something to say. He's going for something. I was really, really impressed. I mean, the rap interludes go ah. And the, the, the thing about it is like what you were saying about the, the sort of the Chinese uh, teaching assistant who came along to watch, because I watched this film like, okay, sure enough, I'm black. I'm, I'm of Nigerian origin. I did not grow up in London. I did not grow up in London, and to be honest with you, watching this film made me really, really glad that a I didn't grow up in London, <laughs> and made me yeah. really, really appreciate my parents and really appreciate what they did to make sure that I didn't end up in a life like that. It made this me, it made, yeah. it made me mega, mega appreciate my parents. And um, but you're sitting down there, and they're just uh, they, because they are unapologetically just going on with the way they usually speak. It takes a while, but the same thing. And I keep coming back to this Shakespeare thing. It's kind of like when you go see a Shakespeare play. You know how it takes probably about two to five minutes for you to sort of relax, go into the flow of it, and then depending on what's happening on stage and who they're saying and how they're using their bodies, you figure out what they're saying, and you sort of like go. And it's a, and for me, it was the same thing with that. It was like yes, you're hearing something in a language that it's similar to the one that you usually speak, but isn't exactly the one you speak, and. There's all these slangs in there and the slangs that I, I never even knew of. And the fact that it goes into, because one of the kids comes from a Jamaican sort of back, well, a Caribbean background. And the other one comes from a, from I'm pretty sure a Nigerian background because they, they haven't, they have this thing about the different food that they eat and all that. When one of them goes to the other one's house and his mother makes food and they use a word, which I think the West Indians use as a, well, the way that they use the word, I have never heard the word before, but the way they use the word, I'm like, that's not complimentary to Africans at all. So, so, but I, but I was kind of like never heard that word, but I know it's not complimentary. And I think uh, I I enjoyed the fact that quiet. We're still talking. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I enjoyed the fact that it 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 um it was a very very specific vision of this guy because it's it's semi autobiographical for the director. He did live in one area and go to school in another area and experience these sort of things. And I I was just really really impressed with the film. I thought. This guy has something to say. He's not just copying what he's seen before. He's putting his own spin on it. And even, and the story is a kind of thing that even though there is violence and there is death, I I don't know about you, Sean, but I I felt like I felt every single death in this film. There was nothing that was yeah. just sort of like thrown away. There was nothing that was just kind of like, um, 
oh yeah action movie someone's dead oh big deal no it was like every single death it didn't matter what side it was on which side yeah, yeah. it didn't matter yeah. what it doesn't come down with one of the groups of the other group it just sort of says look this thing is mad and i felt every single death in this film and i felt like the way they sketched the stories from good school going boys to where they ended up was totally believable i thought it was so impressive yeah and, and I am going to say that I did. Yeah, I did think. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm not knocking this film. I think it was, um, you know, I, I mean, I didn't. There wasn't any any point really where I was like doing me huffing and puffing, and there wasn't even even uh, you know like thinking, oh no, no, this. So so yeah. I mean, I sat through this quite comfortably, and as I say, I just felt a bit sorry for Chinese assistant. But um, no, no, I was I, I was really focused on this film. And I thought it was good. They were. I mean, I think. The the two performances of the the, the uh, is it was it Marco and Marco um, and Timmy, every, say Timmy. Yeah, every, I, everybody I that was... everybody's saying Timmy, but it's not Timmy. It's Timmy. He's a Nigerian name, Timmy. So right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So um. So I, I thought they played it well. I thought they were. Um, I thought they were really really good. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were really really good. Some of the some of the supporting characters I didn't think were quite so good. Um. I, I can't think. I mean, all the names they were given, like uh, yeah, they all had like street uh, names. Switcher and um, Switcher, Bricker, so it was Bricker, Yeah, Bricker. He got called Bricker afterwards. I can understand, and you can see how like they would get their monikers. All these mm. would get their names. You know, they they because probably reputations and everything. They were so yeah. I mean, I, I can understand why the rapping was there, but I, I'm not sure if it was that that sort of. I wasn't quite so keen on that as you were. Yeah. I, I didn't know if that, but I can understand what you're saying. It's quite a you know, quite a novel, novel, novel thing. Yeah. Um, but on the whole, yeah, it was an okay film. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna knock it for anything. I didn't, I didn't dislike it in any way, shape, or form. And I thought it was was a, a really good film. Yeah. So, yeah. It's one of the I've been. I was interested about this film. I haven't seen it. I was interested actually about this day in Peckham because that's one of the few areas of London I've got any connections with. Yeah. One, my cousins grew up there. I've got um four young cousins who are dual heritage, so their parents were. My my cousin is was born obviously English and her husband is from the Sudan. So their children have grown up as with dual heritage. Oh yeah. And they grew up they grew up in Peckham. Right. And but they've all four of them have gone to have grown up, um, gone to university, yeah. have got different careers in different areas. You know, one's a translator in wanted to work for the United Nations and they've got like, these big ambitions. So doesn't... just growing up in Peckham, I think, doesn't condemn you to a life. No, of, no, 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 it doesn't. I was interested in thinking that it's sort of one aspect of life in Peckham, but we tend to, those of us like in sort of rural England tend to think of you London has been like, oh, crikey, you know, you're, you're doomed. <laughs> <laughs> but there is misery. I, I, Whereas I know my, my family experience well, that it is, you know, yeah. people grow up there and live, you know, quite happy. Well, 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 I, had, I had really, really great fun explaining to the Chinese assistant yeah. as we were going out about how London works sort of thing, because, you know, it's very, like, if you go around London, if you were to take the 25 or the, or the south and north circular, you've got certain areas. So obviously, like, um, South London is very much, you know, African, West Indian. And then you've got West London, which is very much, you know, Indian and, and people from Pakistan. Yeah. And then as you go more up north, you've got, you know, like, like it's just... It's just interesting they, to see the demographics. My of... cousins who live who lived in Peckham, um, mm. I, they chose Peckham because they part of their they didn't want to they wanted to raise their children in a culture where they weren't the old ones out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they consciously chose to live in an environment where being dual heritage wasn't going to be an issue. What, what, and mm. whereas in the in the village where my cousin was raised, 
I mean, it's like 200 people live there. I mean, you'll be yeah, very noticeable if you would be. But if you, you, you like, I, I, I thought they, they chose that yeah, area. I always think of Clapham Junction as like the, 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 the dividing line of where, because then you've got, you know, South London as well, you've got like Stratton and yeah. Cross and all those sort of areas. And that's all, yeah, it, but it's interesting. But this film was good to see, this this, this isolated movie, you know. Um, yeah, but it's interesting that I think it's good that people's culture is reflected back at them then. Yeah, I, I agree. This is obviously part of British culture. Yeah. And you need to see your culture in film. You know, yeah. you need to see your, your culture reflected in music and in film and, and, and the and, culture and around you. So that's it. it's important that things like this are made. Yeah, no, no I agree. And, and you actually see, and but they still... You know, although they're from, you know, they're just the past, they're from different areas, yeah. they are still British. And I think this, this came across as, I mean, I don't know if you thought those, and this still came across, across as part of, of British, you know, culture, yeah. British culture. You know? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah it's it, not all I Jane think, Austen and Cream I think definitely, definitely, uh, definitely the case. Like, it came across as British. And I think with me, I always have this sort of like, because I'm pretty much like a hybrid nowadays. So it's, like, <laughs> so it's, uh, you could see the British culture, but you can also see the sort of, for me, I could see the sort of African influence of like how yeah, you, yeah. End up, you end up with like this African culture that's within people, and then you end up in mm-hmm. a in a British place, and you end up coming over this stew that comes out with some sort of some sort of like a mixture of everything. And I have to say, one of the things is that this was this was one of the funnest experiences of watching this film in a cinema because I watched it in Coventry. So obviously, you have well, Coventry is a city, so you have quite a multiracial um, sort of makeup of the city and you have universities so you have a lot of young people come to see the film so there are a lot of people who came to see this film who probably came up from backgrounds like that and understood all the slang and all that kind of stuff and because i always say and this is something that africans do and i think it is reflected in black people around the world watching film is an interactive experience so in the early part of the film when they're younger and they're trying to do things like ask girls out and all that kind of stuff Every time somebody does something awkward, you can just hear everybody in the cinema go, "Oh, yeah, they, they, yeah, they can they can relate to it." Yeah, and then when they when they actually when something when something good happens to the camera, they're like, "Yeah," and then they start clapping. They're like, "Yeah, you go, boy," that kind of stuff. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, it was it. it was really really fun. But anyway, we need to get onto it. We need, okay, we, need we do. Just going to say this one thing. It's funny with the influences thing because I've noticed this for, in some films. I think Fences was one of them where they actually pour alcohol on the. Yes. They, they actually pour alcohol on the ground. Which, yeah. And and I mean I noticed it again. And this the first time I noticed it was, it's like you know, and you know that's the so and so is one of their. One yeah, of lots. and it's, that's that's something that, that. that's something that we used to do in Nigeria, where um, especially yeah, especially in, mm. especially in the east of the country in Igbo land, you would take the drink, and the one that they used was schnapps. And when you were at a funeral schnapps. and you were remembering somebody, you would pour some of the food, you pour some of the drink out onto the floor for the for the different people who'd gone and for the ancestors and all that kind of stuff. And it's funny oh, that wow. yeah, and it's something that. It never occurred to me. I used to see this in American films. I used to think, why did they do that? They never occurred. To, I never put two or two together. I went, hang on a second. We, oh my god, that came from us. So ah. we did that. Then obviously, when um, when the slaves got taken over to like you know America and stuff like that, it was something that carried on. But and it's now yeah. and this one talk about things becoming a stew. It's just been sort of like you know gone through a prism of time. But never mind, never mind. We need to move on. I could talk about this film for yeah, ages do. because of all the other sort of nuances. <laughs> yeah, 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 I mean, but I would give it a four out of five. Okay, I'm just going to give it a three. Three, I'm going to give it a three, but a solid three. I'm cool. going to give this one a solid three for me. Cool, good yeah. stuff, good stuff. And as I said, we I could talk about that film more because there's just so much more. <laughs> I, th- I think it's good. I think it's going to be one of the cultural moments of this year because of what's come from this film. 
but uh yeah and and the the thing you said about boys in the hood and this oh good lord there's so much i can say but let's move on let us move on okay let's move on we okay. need to move on so now we go over to netflix and let's see the the film that's going to go up against this and this is um sharon you saw something called earthquake bird yeah so can you tell this us this is what... a netflix yeah tell us what is earthquake bird about this is um a film a netflix original film of course so it's been touted on on Netflix. Um, it's about a, a European woman from Sweden originally who is living in Japan. She's been there a number of years. She acts, she's working as a translator. And the film is still told almost in reverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see her at the beginning of the film where she has been seemingly brought into the, to the police station for questioning because there's another, um, an American girl has gone missing and they suspect that she has been murdered and they have pulled a body part out of the river and so the Tokyo police are investigating this woman in connection to possibly to this crime and I say the story is told of her so you see through her eyes as she um, is talking to these police officers how she met this 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 American woman yeah and then her own story and then it's through the telling of her own story and how this how their two tales sort of have sort of linked um, that this this sort of crime thriller is sort of a mystery is is told. Okay. So it's very much a sort of a yeah who done it and you know who done it how done it. So yeah, I'm not actually I'm not, actually it's not my no. my main thing. Oh. I do tend to watch them, but it's not something I go oh yippee it's a crime thriller. <laughs> uh, but I I like um, less showy films, and oh, I yeah. think as the older I've got, the less. I'm into sort of the whole, you know, shoot 'em ups. Really, I mean, I don't mind certain films, but most crime thrillers you, that you tend to see on the in the cinema, particularly, tend to be sort of, of the American genre. You don't often see the European ones or the the different cultural ones. Right. And so this one, the fact that it's a Japan, an European woman in Japan, I thought was sort of, I found it much more interesting than mm-hmm. if it had been the same story told, for example, in like California. Yeah. And the earthquake bird is. There's a couple of scenes in the film where. Uh, obviously it's Japan, so they have frequent tremors, and you see them in a tremor, and then, then there's a stillness after an earthquake where everything goes quiet, and they say there's a, the first bird that starts to sing after the earthquake is nicknamed the earthquake bird, uh-huh. and it normally sort of signifies a significant event. So you see this sort of parallel between um, these moments of stillness after significant events in the film. So there's there's, sort of, there's poetry and there's sort of a lyricism to the film mm-hmm. that uh, that sort of was up my street really. It, it it's a cross cultural one where it's got sort of Japanese culture and with a Swedish woman as the, the centre of it. Uh, and I quite like my Nordic noir, mm-hmm. my Scandi yeah. crime drama. Like- so it had a, a feel of that in some areas where there's. You've got a feeling of unease when you're watching it because of the music, because of the mood, the lighting, and how these relationships aren't quite right. <clears throat> and you know, when you see these sort of different relationships, there's three, there's, there's two main relationships you see throughout the film, and you get, and you just get this feeling that's just not right. <laughs> and so you have this sort of feeling of unease through it, which does appeal to my sense of. Um, Cinematic appeal. Oh, so, oh, this, so I actually enjoy that. So well, this one actually has quite. This is it's got Alicia Vikander in it as the. She's the main star, is it? Yes. Oh, good lord! It's got Alicia Vikander. Um, it's got Riley Keough. So these these are not small names. <laughs> no, I think it's yeah. I think this is a film I would have seen at the cinema had it ever appeared. Yeah. But I think it was it's. 
I don't know if it is just was commissioned by Netflix, but it was certainly touted under the Netflix Originals banner when yeah. I when I saw it. But no, I thought it was had good production values. It had just a good feel, and you know the music was right to create that uneasiness. The lighting was right, and it's set in the 1980s of Japan, so it's you feel it's slightly off kilter because it's not it's familiar but not because it's nobody nobody has a mobile phone that kind of thing yeah there's no mobile phones and one of the characters is a very keen photographer and it's all about film it's you know developing and producing and this sort of slow emerging of stuff so i suppose i suppose in many ways the film is like developing a picture you get some of the you get glimpses and then it is as it's developed you, the, the, the full picture emerges towards the end. So I, I thought it was yeah, a, a classy piece of filmmaking, and I, I enjoyed it. All right, cool. All right, yeah. so the American woman is played by Riley Keough. Yes. Who is Elvis's granddaughter. Uh, really? I never would have tweaked. Yeah, she's Elvis's granddaughter. Of course, she's Lisa Marie's daughter, isn't yeah. she? Yeah, she is. Yeah. yeah. So it's played, by, it's played by Riley Keough. Who, the, have you ever thought that she looks like Drew Barrymore? Yes, a little bit, yes. But now that you say it, I can see her, I can see Elvis in her, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> it's like she's where Elvis and Drew Barrymore meet. Uh, so, yes. So you, so you quite enjoyed the, you enjoyed the, the thriller, you enjoyed the sort of mystery of it. And yes. Yeah, how many stars would you give it? I'd, I'd be generous with this one because I did enjoy it and it, I would give it a four. Because mm, I liked all the performances and I liked the setup and mm. I just I yeah I, I did I it did intrigue it. me when I looked on the Netflix because it's one that's sort of fairly new isn't yes, it and, it's a new and, one. I, and it came up and I thought that's one that I probably might but the, the trouble is we've got so much there's a lot on there. so much there's a few yeah. times because again I like the way that it plays with reality a little bit because right. sometimes you don't know whether what she's seeing and what she's perceiving because you see most of the film through her eyes through yeah. mm. the main character's eyes Lucy Fly's eyes you're not sure sometimes if what you're seeing is actually real Mm-hmm. Or if it's something that she's dreaming or imagining, or because you get a sense of unease and sort of slight paranoia as you go through the films, and she reveals a bit about her background, which makes you understand why she feels the way she does. Sure. This sort of disconnect in some ways. So it felt good. I, yes, I would recommend it as a if you like those slightly uneasy type sort of crime dramas, mysteries, then I would yeah I would recommend it. So I think yes, I I like that one a lot. Oh, cool. good stuff. Cool. Good stuff. Earthquake Bird. Seems like it's one of those films that was probably done at film festivals and Netflix went, we'll have it. And because they offered more yeah. money than anybody else, they got it. <laughs> they so, got it. <laughs> so, all right, cool. So that's Earthquake Bird. And it's funny you're talking about if you like stuff that's... Um, if you like stuff that gives you a sense of unease, then Sharon, I might have something for you to watch in one of the things I shall be reviewing later. <laughs> oh. Yes. Right. Also female-focused. Also kind of weird. Also, you're not really sure what's going on. But before we get to that, we're going to go back to cinema, and we are going to talk about what would have been the biggest talking point of this week. What would have... <laughs> you know what? I think that there's... Sean, you're talking about like a publicity stunt. I think there's more of a chance that somebody in View Cinemas really, really doesn't like Frozen and decided, I'm going, I'm going to stop this being the big story of the week. I'm going to do something that's going to make sure that all the headlines are not about Frozen, but about this instead. And so this is the film Frozen 2. It has been released. It is out there. Everybody remembers Let It Go. Everybody remembers the big behemoth that was the first Frozen movie. And now the second one is out. Sharon, you went and broke a habit of a lifetime. 
by by watching by watching an animation movie. Yeah. I think our good friend Gemma. <laughs> yeah. We, people look at we're like dropping we're we're like dropping shout outs left right and center on this thing. Yeah. But our good friend Gemma dragged you along and took you to go see um because you you have like what, a rule of one one animation movie a year. Yeah, that's that one I can stomach. I worry that too much sweetness will give me diabetes. <laughs> um, so so you have have you think... have you it's a carrier you were saying? No, no, I just, yeah, I, I just find them just not my cup of tea. <laughs> you just find them, you just find them, like, just, just, just no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the Cats trailer? Have you seen the trailer oh, Cats Lord. trailer? Oh, don't, please don't. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Have you seen the... Li- no, but, anyway, right, no, well, no, 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 just, you look at that and you go, that's wrong. No, no, but you know, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what was wrong, right? I, I, when I was seeing, when I went to see Frozen 2, before Frozen 2, they had a Cats trailer. Oh, you've seen it. You've seen it. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it, yeah. Um, oh. um, before, before the Cats trailer, <laughs> before the Cats trailer, they had this thing where um, Jennifer Hudson and Francesca Hayward, who plays the lead in Cats, they do, you know how they, they started doing all these sort of intros of like, hi, you're about to see an, a trailer for the movie Cats in yep. cinema soon. Hope to see you soon at your local audience or something like that. And they had this thing where yeah. it's, it's like a two-hander between Francesca Hayward and Jennifer Hudson. And it is so awkward. It is so cringe. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like somebody gave them a script to read, but didn't tell them who was supposed to say what line. oh oh, good lord if you if you see it in front of frozen 2 this jennifer hudson first jessica hayward thing it is weird but anyway let's get on to the film they didn't have that at cineworld so uh, that's a highlight i missed okay Uh, apparently oh it must be an odian (laughs) thing oh it's so weird yeah it must be there okay so sharon Uh, uh, frozen 2 yes go away tell us what this is about okay this is the land of arundel an animated land um, so I have to get rid of my cynicism. <laughs> right, we have <laughs> we. This is set some years after Frozen Two, and the characters have moved on. Um, Elsa, she's the Snow Queen, one, isn't she's she? She's the Queen, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's become. She's got more as of from the end of the the, the, first, the first Frozen film. She's become her powers. She's got them more under control. They're still there. She doesn't really understand the root of them, but she's got them under control now. So she can assimilate into sort of Arundel society. Her sister Elsa is, you know, no, her sister Anna. Anna, I'm sorry, Anna is like doing her thing. Yeah, yeah, but you, you we, don't want to get those two wrong. We, we will get so many complaints. <laughs> this, oh, just, that, yeah. that that could be I'll like a to... blue story moment. But... <laughs> visualize myself in a in a blue dress and say i am elsa <laughs> doing that while i talk about this anyway so the story has moved on and i oh, just coming yeah. on that point there i love saying to, to, to kids that have seen us you know like because all the things so like, all dressed like up, my yeah. daughter and, and relations and that and i i always get the names fixed up on purpose i go oh that one's anna isn't it no it's not they get really <laughs> really upset <laughs> and like, so, really really that's it's not that it's not anna that's elsa that's <laughs> anna and i'm like oh i'm, oh, yeah. I'm sorry <laughs> but I, I mean it's a purpose thing you know well things are not going well in arundel there's um disturbances there's been sort of like earthquakes and there's been worries about the the safety of the town and there's a there's a dam that has been that was was it in the first film I, I it was it, no it was, it's not in the first film pretty much there's hardly but, anything in this film that shows up in the first film all right so there's this dam anyway that and beyond the dam there's this this land that has been sort of trapped behind this magical shroud 
a magical shroud. And in the land, those, so it's a sort of legendary place that some of their grandfather had gone in there to build this 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 dam. And on the, as a sort of the opening ceremony, there was a horrible fight and he didn't come back and okay. this land was shut off forever. Have I got that right? Or am I just yeah, making yeah, that up? You've got that right, but, but Sharon, let me put you out of your misery. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Let me put you up your mystery of trying try to recount this film. Because, Let's move this along. Let's move yeah, this along. Because yeah, I'm, I, I'm struggling now. Yeah, because I actually think that, quite frankly, with Frozen, the whole thing was that nobody was really going to care what the storyline was. People, people were going to be like, does it have Anna? Yeah, does it have Elsa? Does it have Olaf? Yep, that's, that's pretty much the sort of holy trinity of Frozen. Once you have those they three... Sing. Yeah, and do they sing? Do they sing? And yes. so they do do that. They do go out there. They do sing. And the now the problem I had with this is ever since Frozen was released from the second one Frozen released, I, I remember watching the first Frozen film. I'm going, yeah, yeah, not that big deal. I can kind of see like the story cogs moving. It doesn't feel like it flows. It feels like you know they're trying to jump from one thing to another. And because the last Disney animated movie that was released before Frozen was Tangled, which I think is, and I have yelled this ever since Frozen was released, it is the ultimately superior film. Tangled is a great film. Tangled flows. Tangled is the kind of film that you can put up on TV and you catch five minutes of it and before you know it, you've watched it all the way to the end because it's just yeah. that great. And there are a lot of things in Frozen that I feel like I just saw like facsimiles of things in Tangled. So I was never really a Frozen person. When it became this big, massive phenomenon, I was like, what the? What is wrong with all you people? Did you not see Tangled? <laughs> and you got, the, that's it. it's, like, it's like the it's like the it's like the Twilight series all over again. Are you the Frozen or Frozen or Tangled? I have actually seen Tangled, Tozen. Yeah. I have actually seen Token. Shockingly, so have I. And I thought it was all right. What was what did you think, Sharon? It was that was my animation for the year, yeah. and yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I did. Actually, well, which, which one? Fair. Which so, one? Tangled or Frozen? Tangled. Tangled is awesome. We, I'm sorry, Tangled. We like was, Tangled. Yeah, and, and I think that there's just bits. So Frozen 2, I think the best thing I can say about it is that it feels like a continuation of Frozen 1. So if you liked Frozen 1, you would probably like this. I'm not the big fan of the first Frozen movie, and I am not a big fan of this film. I feel, I feel like things things are a bit kind of like, oh, right, we need to... I feel like the storyline, to actually kick the story off, it's, it's a bit of a crunchy gear change where there's bits at the beginning of this film that I feel have been done in a lot of other films, like, oh, we need to take the whole village and move everybody out of the village. That was done in the last, the War for the Planet of the Apes film. And the same way it was done, like, Sean, you remember how you were annoyed about, oh, that doesn't make any sense, why would you do that? It just yeah, made, it yeah, made, me, yeah. it made me think about that. It was done in How to Train Your Dragon 3. Oh, we need to get this whole everybody, and we need to move everybody out of the village. And then they do the same thing again at the beginning of Frozen 2, so I'm like, oh, I don't really know. And then they have all these <laughs> themes that they're trying to do about, oh, this sister, that sister, this uh, this person's trying to propose marriage and it keeps going wrong and it just feels and the musical numbers even though i will admit at least three of them made me smile and i thought okay no that's actually just really 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 cool they did not flow it felt as if they just got plunked in place like as in yeah it didn't feel as if oh this is where the story is going and then this song is going to take us somewhere it felt like it was the it was the worst kind of thing in musicals where essentially the story stops for somebody to do a song that uh, for somebody to do a Bohemian Rhapsody takeoff with reindeer, and, and it and so they were essentially end of the day. I'll give it three out of five because I didn't think it worked, and I still think Tangled is way 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 better. 
<laughs> yeah, I probably would go along with that. I think I was had this discussion with my friend after the film about, you know, what's gone wrong with sort of musicals in that uh, <laughs> after I think the only musical I can remember recently it's proper a proper musical, you know, they sing and dancing, mm. skipping along. And so not like the so is um yeah, great showman. Mm. I mean I think even things like the, the Star is Born, great film, but it wasn't a musical. No, it was no, wasn't a musical. Like, you're singing and dancing. But you know, things like Mary Poppins, you know, you come away from the film and if someone said to you hum a song, you just couldn't do it. Would you cast La La Land as a musical? Yes. Yes, I me think too. it's yeah. yeah, I would say yeah. that was. Yeah. And again, I probably could only hum a bit of one of those songs. So I was thinking with the, with the Frozen one, I couldn't really think of afterwards when I was sort of chatting about it, they were gone. I mean, they were apart from what, ideas, like there's yeah. this little pastiche of, there's Olaf's song and then there's this pastiche of like the 80s rock videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there was, <laughs> was there was like the big the big Elsa song. I couldn't have sung any of them. Even yeah, now, I've been a week the, and I'm like, no! that's it, it's like, Shouty bit, it's yeah. Shouty bit, soft bit. <laughs> was it? Was it a, like a yes. climate changey film as well? Because from the trailer, because I mean, obviously, I've seen the trailer no. a couple of times. No, it's no. about being, it's about being one with the elements oh, and right. sort of it's uniting sort of like earth, air, and all that lot. Okay. So, but yeah, I would agree. I would give it a three. I'd say if it's your bag, you'd probably like it more. If it's not your bag, there's something to enjoy. I mean, there were moments to smile about, and there were little people in the screening that I went to, and they loved Olaf. I mean, every time yeah. Olaf went up, you could see the, like, yeah. them buzzing with excitement. Oh, wow. And this one little one was like, she just, they couldn't, resert, they couldn't restrain themselves. They were just like, Olaf! You know? yeah. They were just loving it. Uh, and so I... that adds to it. So you know that if you've got little people, they'll probably love it, and you've just got great going to bear it for them. Yeah. So I would give it a three as well. They're yeah. probably going to make a fortune from the toys this Christmas. I oh, yeah. yeah. They, might be, they, they might do a film like, um, what was that film, Arnie Schwarzenegger film, where they have to find the, the last Jingle toy? All the way. Jingle all the way. Jingle all the way, yeah. Yeah, I can, I can see but that happening. The only with... thing I was, part of me was thinking as well is like, okay, they've got different dresses. They're going to be pulling out those new dresses for the little girls to wear because because a lot of the girls in the cinema, the little tiddly ones, have, were wearing their, oh, right. their frozen dresses. Oh, well, is, they're going to try to promote new ones. Uh, and I, I will tell you, oh, so, okay, I, I will tell you, I think that you've just, you've struck on the thing about Frozen. So when I talk about the whole Tangled Frozen thing, the thing is Tangled is a good story. It's a good story. It's a well-made film. Frozen is an impressive marketing exercise. And I feel marketing, like, yeah. And I feel like Frozen is... I feel like Frozen is designed to within an inch of its life to make money from small people. So <laughs> if you yeah. if, if you're if you're a young girl, you have like the role model things. If you're young, whatever, you have Olaf. If you, <laughs> so it's like and you, you have the whole thing where you have the two princesses, one princess, her theme, her theme is self-actualization love yourself, all that kind of stuff. So we got that story in there for that person. We have the other one, and the other one, she is more the sort of the typical princess. So she's your princess who is probably going to get married at the end, but is going to be like, you know, also of like, you know, a bit of an independent woman. So I feel like Frozen is just engineered to mm. to make money from small people, especially girls. And I feel like this, yeah. I feel the storyline comes second. So I, I I just don't feel like it it, it holds together. So yeah, yeah I agree with that because I think when looking back at the the classic animation of the past, when they draw upon fairy tales, the real fairy tales, they actually keep the heart of that story there. They, they, you get a better story, you get a better film. Like with Tangled, they've they've kept to the fairy tale. They've yeah. kept yeah, the, to that the the original Rapunzel, story. Yeah. That's it. And yes. then with the, with the original, the Snow Queen. I mean, they they jiggled about with it more, but it was effectively the Snow Queen, wasn't it? Yes, it was. So I think when they sort of, when they go through and they look at 
proper stories, the proper fairy tales, and they keep the core of that there, you end up with a better film. Whereas this one, I think, well, they don't have that story. They've just sort of made it up yeah. um, without yeah. too much thought about that. I don't and think just they just went, oh, let's just make the merchandise up. and we make, a, we make a packet for it's the merchandise. It's not as strong. But I think, yeah, if, you, if, you, if it's your bag, I'm sure these little ones will love it. Mm. Still. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway. So, yeah, Frozen 2, I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look with this way. Look this way. Personally speaking, Sharon, I'm quite annoyed that you wasted your one film a year on this one. I'm like, and, uh, this... and I think technically that probably counts as my 2020 film oh, because I've seen two this year. Gonna... I saw Toy Story 4, which was worth it, you know. Yeah, okay. Toy, Toy Story 4 was good. Yeah, Toy Story 4 was worth it. But there's going to be another Pixar film next year, and you want to use it on Frozen. Come on! I know. <laughs> well, you might get me into going to see one next year. Oh, okay. But, uh... Maybe you can make it two or three a year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you wasted it. Behave, Shawnee. <laughs> wasted... yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> you wasted it on Frozen. <laughs> okay, right. Let, let's... I... Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Sean, were you going to say something? I was. I was just going to say, I reckon, like, the big Star Wars film is probably going to be a merchandising film as well, yeah. I reckon. Coming uh, up, don't you? Star Wars has been merchandising from the very beginning. For, for years, yeah. It's, it made, it started the whole thing, didn't it? It did, really, okay, yeah. okay, speaking about which, there is a documentary series on Netflix called The Toys That Made Us. And each episode sort of like goes about um, the, these toys that became massive and were like were were just like created crazes like you know the Toy Story toys or Barbie or anything like that. And the first episode is about Star Wars, and it points out that Star Wars, the from selling toys, the toys of Star Wars have made three times what the films have made. Wow. Yeah. So from the very that puts be- it into some sort of perspective, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. From the very beginning, Star Wars has been a merchandising thing. It's just, it's just a bit more blatant now. <laughs> right, yeah. So, so let, let's go back to going back to um, hope, sitting at home. Netflix. Netflix and friends. Well, Amazon Prime to this, this time around. And we're going to be talking about a documentary, uh, not documentary, a uh, TV show called Homecoming. And now this is a Amazon Prime original. It stars, um, it stars Julia Roberts, uh, Julia Roberts, Bobby Cannavale, Stefan James, a whole bunch of different people. Uh, and it is based, weirdly enough, on a podcast. So there's a podcast called Homecoming. You can find it on all good podcast providers everywhere. While you're there, find us as well, Netflix or Cinema, and give us give us a review. And um, this was this was a dramatic podcast that was made, and it, it had like quite cast like had like Catherine Keener, had Oscar Isaac in the podcast, and then they adapted that into a TV series, which um, they bring uh, which with Julia Roberts. And the whole idea is that. You start off in this facility, and this facility is called Homecoming. And you have Julia Roberts. She plays a character. She's kind of like a, she's like a therapist. And the whole idea of Homecoming is that people come back from wars. So, like, soldiers come back from wars, and it's about helping them transition into civilian life. That's what you're told at the beginning. So you see them going through sort of, like, role-playing things. Of, oh, you want to get a job? Let's go through a role-play of what you do when you're going for an interview. Then they all come in, and they have, like, one-on-one sessions with Julia Roberts' therapist, who sort of says, how are you feeling? What's going on? All that kind of stuff. And there's one particular um, one particular character called Walter Cruz, who she sort of takes a shine to. And she sort of, like, starts focusing on him and trying to, like, work with him. And you, you see a lot of the stuff from from the soldiers through his eyes while he's sort of sat down there and things like that. But as it goes along, it sort of cuts. So it cuts from her, then all of a sudden it jumps to 
it's made it plain that this has happened a couple of years later. So you see her a couple of years later. She's no longer in that job. She's working in like a sort of diner, like a sort of shack diner somewhere in Florida. She obviously doesn't have a high-powered job anymore. And there's this investigator who's showing up. And this investigator is showing up to try and ask her about... I want to ask you about what happened at the homecoming facility a couple of years ago. Could you let me know about that? Because there was a complaint made and I need to, I need to follow this complaint because he's, he's from the Department of Defense. And he wants to find out what happened at, at this place. And as it goes along, you have this weird thing where the, you know, the full screen ratio, like a 16-12 ratio, like a widescreen, a widescreen ratio. Yeah. So everything that happens when she has the job, the high power job, is done in a <laughs> widescreen ratio. And everything that she that happens when she's working, when, like in the future, when she's working at the restaurant, is done in a sort of square ratio. So there's this black bars at the side of the screen. So it makes it very obvious what it, um, like, you know, which timeline you are in. Because of these two timelines, you're sort of trying to follow the story. And you're like, okay, what's going on? Why, why are those black bars there? Why is everything going on there? And eventually there is a reason for that there's a reason for that but to talk about that would be a massive massive spoiler and it's all like goes on and as you go on you start getting this idea that this is just like a big corporate thing because she has a boss who she ever talks to who she only ever talks to on the phone and when she talks to him on the phone the sound changes so that even though you can see them you hear the sound like it's like a phone call a bit like what you what you guys are the way you guys are hearing me now is what you hear on the mm-hmm. side, like you know with all the sort of like slight static and all that kind of stuff and they have these conversations through or where they're talking about what they're trying to do in the facility and you really realize that everything at this facility might not be all that it seems <laughs> so mm-hmm. so over your over the eight episodes as you're watching it you're little by little things are showing up and you're as one as the as both timelines move forward you sort of figure out okay this is what they're doing with these soldiers at the homecoming facility and at the same time this is what this is how it's playing out in the future when things are coming up and all that and i think it's really 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 well crafted it is weird this is the thing I was talking about, Sharon, that I was going to tell you. Yes, if you like uh-huh. if you like weird mysteries that unfold and tell you what's going on, it's worth watching this. It's worth watching this. I really, really enjoyed it. I'd give it a four out of five. And I think like everybody across the board in it is excellent. I mean Bobby Cannavale, Cher Wiggum, Stefan James. Sean, you know him from the the movie Race. He played Jesse Owens in Race. Oh right, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Julia Roberts. I mean, I just think that they that it's it's a very weird. It's it's made by the guy who made Mr. Robot, so it is weird. It is weird. It's unsettling. There's bits where you're like, "What the heck's going on?" Because some of the so- soldiers start getting a bit paranoid, thinking they tell us we're in Florida. We're not really in Florida. What are they doing with us? What are they doing? What are they? <laughs> and uh, it just, I I, I feel like it's a, but it's a kind of show that towards its end, um, you know, when you have a show where it's all about the mystery. And what keeps you coming back yeah. is the mystery and oh my god, oh, what's going on? What's going on? That when it actually starts coming out and it starts when it starts getting resolved, I feel like stories like that inevitably they feel like a bit of a letdown. And it's it, and it's something that I, I was looking at it when um, looking online because it's, it's the kind of show that you watch it and then you, you go online and you go, okay, what exactly was happening? This is what I think was happening, but am I right? Am I, am I right? And so you go online and you find that people say, oh, well, you know, the last two episodes were dipped down a bit. And I think that's only because you're getting closer to what the mystery actually is. When I think a lot of the fun of this kind of show is guessing what the heck's going on. And so when you start getting to the point where you're being told what's going on, it kind of, you're like, oh, oh I like the way I was guessing. <laughs> 
so, so even if you're even if you're right, you know. So I would give that a four out of five. I'll say it's really, really it's well worth worth a watch. The episodes are really short and they go by really quickly. They only each episode is about half an hour. It's actually less than half an hour. So you can. Oh, have that's it. good. Yeah, I, I I could do those. Yeah, you can get through them. Yeah, yeah. It, it, honestly, you start watching it and before you know it, the episode's over. And you're like, whoa, oh. That, ooh, okay, okay. What, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? So I would, I would say uh, worth, worth, worth a watch. Homecoming, Julia Roberts' first ever TV show. She chose a good one. Right. Cool. Okay, so yeah, that, uh, unless you guys have any questions, which I don't think so, we, we can move on. No. <laughs> you're, you're, like, you're like, yeah, enough of that. Now let's talk about my stuff. <laughs> uh, no, 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 it's not that. It's just that it was just interesting to listen to it. It's really, just because, to hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, we like the trouble is, Toes, there's so much to watch, isn't there? there is I mean, so I'd much love to, to see that. I'd love to see that. I would really love yeah. to see that. I'd love to see Earthquake Bird. I'd like to see some of these films, but it's, it's getting the time, really. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know? uh, at the moment, at the moment, it's funny, right? Because if you could watch, like, if you could have, like, five TVs and then <laughs> watch the. <laughs> Watch everything like David Barry and the man who fell to earth. That'd yeah. be quite cool, wouldn't it? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Um, a weird thing that has started happening. It's started, it's started happening because there's so much to watch that if one of you guys has seen something, even if I was going to see it before you, if you see it and you review it on the sh- on this show before I watch it, I'm probably not going to watch it. <laughs> no, that's it. No, I've done exactly shame, the same it? thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think just... If it's been reviewed, I think I didn't just watch that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, forget about it. We as a collective have seen it. We have seen that film. So yeah, we've seen it. Yeah. I we liked it. Fair enough. That's yeah. good enough for me. That's it. I thought I said, I'm like, we saw Doctor Sleep. I don't need to see it anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it's it's quite so even though uh, so I know I'm not saying this so much for Sean or Sharon, but for anybody who's listening. Find Homecoming on Amazon Prime. It's worth your time. And now we go back to cinema. And this is the film that in the in the fury of Blue Story and the big behemoth of Frozen 2, this is the film that is going to get forgotten this week. Even though, not by us. Yeah, well, yeah, not by us, not by us, but by, the, by a, large part of the, a large part of the um, of the populace. I include myself in that because I forgot about this film. <laughs> Even though it stars Black Panther himself. Even though it stars Chadwick yeah. Boseman Chadwick, himself, Chadwick, yeah. yeah, and even though it comes from, it's the first film to come from the from the guys who directed um, Endgame, Avengers Endgame, from the new studio Agbo, Twenty One Bridges. This film is going to get forgotten. I'm sorry, but it's going to get forgotten this week, and it pains me to say that. But Sean, you went to see this film. What did you think? I oh, did go to see this film. So, so yeah, quick, okay. quick thing I'll, about I'll what you, about them. What did you think? Yeah, yeah. I'll give you a quick story. Basically. Starts off a funeral. This this uh, starts a funeral with a young lad. His his dad was a a policeman who got killed, and then it flashes to he's grown up. He's become a police. He's become a detective, and um, obviously he's he's been under investigation a few times by internal investigations because he's killed quite a lot of people, especially cops. Well, anyway, so then this this robbery thing goes down where some cops get killed. So the chief of police says, right, we want this man to investigate the case because we know he's going to get revenge for all these. So, so they, they, you know, they get him in and he sort of says, no, it's only if they shot, you know, it's only if they were going to shoot first. I've only, because people were like, oh yeah, we're glad you're on the case, you know, because they, they've got him tapped out as like he's a trigger happy. He's, he's, yeah, trigger happy, you know. Well, he's, 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 the, he's the cop people. killer killer. He's the cop killer killer, yeah. So anybody that kills a cop, because it's, you know, and they're all, but there's a lot more to it than that. There's a lot, lot more to it than that. Ooh. Now, a lot, lot more to it than that. And I have to say, I was really, really impressed with this movie. Really, really impressed. There was nothing. Maybe I, uh, there's one bit which I thought, wow, I think 
there's there's only one bit in it that I can pick it up on. The rest, I think, is really good, really effective, makes sense. The sort of things that would happen, you know, people get killed, people get thing. It 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 was really good. The action sequences were first class. Um, I wasn't like, oh no, that wouldn't. What are you doing? You know, it, everything was except for one one, which I think a little bit of a a chase sequence was. You know, a little bit. Yes. Little bit little but but, bit but Sean, Sean, your your feelings about chase sequence have been very, very well documented oh, yeah. on this podcast. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, uh, but I have to say, and and maybe the end was was a little. I thought, hmm, I, I wasn't sure about the end, but overall, this film, I have to say, was for me was a class act. I really, really like Chadwick. Yep. Really, really, I think yep. he's and in this. He's really, really believable, and I think there's also Sienna Miller is in this. And yeah, she's in the Yeah, car. she's like a, she's like a, she's 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 with drugs, she's with narcotics because, you know, the actual robbery is to do with with obviously there's drugs involved, and it's all like it's intrigue, and it's all set up, and and there's something not quite right. There's something not quite right with um, what's going on because, uh, you know, there's one scene where where well, there's a couple of things like you know, how come they, they've obviously closed the bridges, hence 21 bridges. They've closed the city down. It's night time as well. So they've said, basically the FBI have said, we're going to give you till five o'clock in the morning, yeah. which makes sense. Yeah. Because they said, something can't... they can actually do. I don't know if they can the in real life, but they've actually, you know, they said, we're just going to do it for, because this is early in the morning. The whole thing right. is taking place like two o'clock in the morning. So they say, you've got this time to get, it goes, right, this is what we need to do. You know, close all the bridges, close all the, the, the subways. So, and then they said, look, we've got to open the city at 5, 5.30. We, we must, so you've got up to that time. And otherwise the FBI is going to take over and it's all. But everything in this film, for me, this, you know, from a personal point of view, I thought, yes, I can see that happening and how they they track the people. But then it's how, you know, so you've got, you got Chadwick there playing um, you know, Andre. Andre, Andre Davis, yeah. And um, he's a detective. So, and he gets all this info from different people and they say, oh yeah, this is where we think this might be. But by the time he gets there, some, uh, some other police had turned up, you know, and it's like, you know, well, that's, that's, that's more to it than just a cop yeah, killer. Yeah, it's just not a cop killer. A cop yeah, it's, it's, it's so, there's a lot okay, more to this movie. So, so the thing is that, Sean, with this film, uh, because when I saw the way this film was set up, it was being, I think it was almost kind of like, I feel like the film was almost sort of detox for everybody who was involved in the Avengers Endgame because they're like, right, we're going to go to something that doesn't involve any special effects. It's going to be all practical. Yeah. It's almost going to, and it seems like it's always kind of a throwback to those sort of 70s cop, cop thrillers. Uh, I would say more, yeah, 70s, 80s. Yeah, I would say, I would say more 80s, actually. I'd more so 80s it's not French Connection, it's more... Um, Early Bruce Willis or Raw Deal? Probably no, no, no much, <laughs> much more serious than Bruce Willis. Uh, uh, you know, um, I I know Bruce Willis is okay, but you know, <laughs> I, I went totally off of him in Death Wish. You know, what I mean, that's an awful movie. But anyway, and and I've gone off him. He, I, 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 he's, he's, he's one of my Stanley Tukey things, Bruce yeah, Willis. Would you say this was like an enemy of the state then? That type of thing. Yeah, but not is. with the techie stuff. Yeah, there is there is a lot of stuff going on, and and all the time where these things, you know. Well, I've just got the information. How come these other police have turned up and, 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 yeah. and done some stuff? You know, I mean, how would they know about that? So, you know? so, and be, so beginning to sound a little bit Serpico. Serpico, yeah, very, yeah. I guess it's a little bit like that, but yeah. not so much. 
with with um, the the police against him because okay. in Serpico, you know, the police. Are, so it's not, it's not so much that, but it's, it's just because they've got him in because they think he's going to kill the people. He's going to be gonna there. Kill, oh, yeah. He's going to kill the people. So there's not going to be a lot of info, you know, a lot of info because he's just going to shoot. You know, he's not even going <laughs> to. He's not even going to think about it. Yeah. He's not even going to think so, twice. You know, he's not going to. He's not going to like say, oh, you know, I'm going to arrest you. He's just going to shoot. But okay, all right. So it's sure, not what sure. it seems. So it sounds like uh, so you're saying you quite liked it and everything like that. It sounds like it's quite more. It, it focuses on the detective side of things, on the actual sort of like let's do some work to figure out what's going on. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that in it. I mean, there's a lot of action, but yeah, there's that that in it as well. I mean, you can sort of see, you can sort of see where it's going as the film goes on. You can, you know, you do pick up on 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 what's happening. You know, it's not it's it's. I wouldn't say it's. Uh, it's like whoa, a, a, a whoa, you know, like whoa, revelation. But you can sort of see as things go along, you think, oh, okay, what? okay, this character, you know, we can it's, see why you've, you've, you're there. You can see what's happening. It's, it's not the kind of thing where they have Pedro Pascal show up and he's playing a good guy at the beginning of the film, and by the end of the film, you're like, well, you're obviously the bad guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, like you yeah, did in that uh, Kingsman movie, like you did in the Equalizer too. Oh, like the Kingsman's movie, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. No, no. This is a this is a good solid film, and and I liked it a lot. And the reason I liked it a lot was because it made sense. Like, okay. ba- basically, after this thing's done, is, why wouldn't you, you know, get away? The big question. Like, yeah, I'm just going to tell you. Sorry, but it's like, why wouldn't you get straight away if you if this has happened and you've done this thing, you'd want to get out as soon as you can. But you can't get out as soon as you can because you've got to go and do other things, and and hence how they managed to try and 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 find all these things. You know. Yeah, great film. Four stars. Oh, cool. Good stuff. Big, good stuff. My big question is, did Happy John like it? Uh, yeah, he, he did, funnily enough. Happy John, yeah, he was, Happy John was okay with it. Yeah, he, okay. he was okay with it. So he wasn't a, ah, he was okay with this, yeah. So yeah, so I I, 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 re- I really enjoyed this. Happy John, yeah. I really enjoyed this film, Toast. I think, I, I, I think you would too, actually. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I will actually try and catch, catch this this weekend. So it's funny how we, we so we have, we're building like you know a rogues gallery. We have Superfan Nina, <laughs> Happy John. It's like you know, <laughs> Lo- London correspondent yeah. Holly. Holly, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, no, we're getting a few, few little, yeah, we little nods, aren't we? Yeah, and we have, we have like you know, John. drags, drags Sharon along to animations, Gemma. Gemma, yeah, <laughs> yeah, animation queen, Gemma. Yeah, <laughs> animation yeah. and musical, and musical queen, to be honest. And musical, yeah. yeah. So uh, nice, well, nice I, films, I nice films. The musical ones. Pardon. I cooperate yeah, yeah. with the musicals. I love a bit of musicals. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. so uh, now we go back to the for a final film to this evening, and this is Fast Color. Now, I don't, I'm not even sure this is a film, a TV series, a documentary. I don't have a clue. Sharon, you're the one who saw it. What is Fast Color? Yeah, I, I, I'm not quite sure, actually, because uh, well, it <laughs> felt like it was part of a, a longer story. Okay. But this felt like it was like episode one of something. But I can't I don't know anything about it, whether it's based on a series of books or whether it's just a screenplay. But it felt like it wasn't the whole story. But basically this is a sci fi thriller set in the future where it's been um the, the planet Earth has been ravaged by drought for a number of years. There's been no rain for a number of years and things are drying out. The water the cost of water has become exorbitant. The, People are having to hide their water supplies. And if you want to buy a bottle of water, it can cost you like $100 to buy a bottle of water. And so the, the, the planet has become scorched. And into this world, we meet our main character, 
who is called Ruth. And it turns out through the film that she has some sort of supernatural power oh. that she's had it since she was a child and it has grown down through the her, the female side of her family. So all the women in her family have manifested this these powers. They're like earth magic where she can tap into earth energy and things on a molecular level. And it, as the film progresses, we find out that her mother has it where she can make things disintegrate onto an ato atomic level and then rebuild them again oh. in a simple form of way. And then she has, we found out that she has an estranged daughter that she has sort of given to her mum to raise because she can't cope with her powers. So she gave up her daughter and her daughter has got these powers of, of her own that she can disassemble matter and then rebuild it again. So they have got this sort of elemental sort of powers and people have identified that she has these powers and they've been trying to hunt her down. So she is sort of fleeing, um, more or less going back to her mother because she's trying to sort of find out about her powers. And they're trying to, these people are trying to get her. Yeah. Um, you have the feeling that they're trying to get her because where she can manipulate the elements, they believe she may be able to do something about mm. the... If oh, she can, gotcha. The and so it's all like sort of like this sort of elemental magic. Uh, so yeah, this is a story that yeah, it's but then when it ends, you get the feeling that there's more to come. So I don't know that this is part of a series of like YA books about this or not. I just don't know. But yes, it, it's it's all the story about this uh, a world in trouble and how these women with their sort of elemental earth magic can maybe be, might be part of the answer that having been sort of in hiding for a number of years, that now might be their time when they can. Is there much in the way of action? There's a bit of action in it. Yeah. Action, yeah. I'm looking at it on Netflix at the moment and it has the taglines. Let's see. It has the taglines. Number one, cerebral. <laughs> it says cerebral understated sci-fi drama. Yeah, it is. I would say it's lo-fi in that it's not all. You do get some effects, but it's not all about the the whiz bangs. Yeah. It's it's more about the about her her development, her past, and her coming to terms with herself. It's like that sort of you know discovery of who she is right. and who she's meant to be. So yeah, there's some interesting elements to it. There's a couple of moments of violence in it and action, and there's. Uh, yeah, so they, it isn't just a, it, but it is more of a lo-fi rather mm. than that the high, high-end high end effects. Now, now this science fiction. Is, well, going back onto the whole thing of there being too much around nowadays, this actually has quite a good cast. It's got Gugu Mbatha Raw in it, who is yes. who is really really good. And she, she's not really so particularly low profile. It was released in twenty nineteen. It of it's not it's not labeled as a Netflix. Is it? No, it's not labeled as a Netflix original. But no. I came across it through Netflix, but I think it's one of those trending now things that they, yeah. they throw at you every now and then. Yeah, it's, it's not Netflix original, which means it must have been in the cinemas somewhere, but just yes. not here. I'm pretty sure it was not released in cinemas here. But it's... No, and she's got Lorraine Toussaint plays her yes. mother, and David Strathairn plays her father. And it's, yeah, and the, the little girl, I don't want to pronounce her name really badly, but I think it's Sania Sydney. Okay. She was, I'm pretty sure she's a little girl in The Passage who was brilliant in The Passage as as a little girl in that. I'm trying to think, see if her filmography, yeah, she was in The Passage. She plays Amy Belafonte in The Passage. She was brilliant. She's a really great young actress, I think. 
we're going to see a lot more of her as she grows older. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it was a good cast, and it was yeah, it was well done for what it was. I mean, it is lo-fi. It is more intense. It's more about the character than the action and the world. It, and it does create sort of different aspects about the world around you. And they they, they create a world in which you know these people have these abilities um, for good or for ill. And so yeah, it was interesting. Mm. Oh. So yeah, I would say it's. And again, it's sort of, yes, like a quite intense, low, low-fi film. So I would give it a solid three. I mean, I wouldn't say it was out outstanding because um, this morning when I was saying to you what I'd seen this week, I'd forgotten I'd seen it. <laughs> but I, I did enjoy it at the time. <laughs> but it's the one that really stays with you. You Same don't go, oh, no. that's really, no. yeah, I have to. Because normally if it was based on a series of books, I'd probably look up and think, oh, there is a series of books about that, and I didn't in this case. Oh, right. But it was yeah, it's, it's a it's a good three piece star. of entertainment. But it's a good three star film, yeah. And it might be part of a wider series. I don't know, but it's it's a possibility. All right. <laughs> but yeah, I'd say it's solid solid three. Solid three. Right, cool. So all that's left for us to do this week. Uh, you see, now that's one I I might actually go and watch. I think it's I think it's more likely I would watch something on Netflix than I watch something in the cinema. Quite frankly, after you guys have reviewed it, because I can have it on in the yeah. background while I'm working. The benefits of working. That's it. You home. don't have to be all your attention. Yeah. 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 The joy is, as I say, it's um, it's it's quite good because you can. I mean, it's like series or, or even like really really long movies. You can actually watch them in sections. Yes. I found to do that, and that is that is the one advantage I think with the streaming platforms is. You can think, right, okay, I'll stop it there and I can come back to that. That's a nice little place to stop it. I can come back for another episode. Yeah, it's so funny. As a, as a film I'll be doing next week. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, so, yeah, essentially, I know, because I know at the moment you are, you're, you're partway through The Irishman. I'm, yeah, 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 quite a lot way through The Irishman, but it's really, really good. In fact, I think The Irishman could have been a series. Well, and I think it would have worked, worked at, as a, you know, as a At three hours and 20 minutes, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, so, so, but, yeah. Because the funny thing about that is, like, that's the kind of thing that if it was in cinemas, it would take. I, I mean, trying to carve that up—that's half a day. Pretty much your whole is, day yeah. is trying to watch that film, and it's. Uh, and it, it, if it's, but because it's on Netflix, I think there's more of a chance of watching it. But anyway, that's mm. a whole other thing to do it. And imagine that's a whole other thing. Yeah. yeah. Imagine Martin Scorsese's poor heart breaking when he heard that you paused <laughs> the Irishman. You paused it. <laughs> You paused it. You paused it. You went to the kitchen please. to make your dinner. Sure, it was like an episode. It was stopped at a good place. Believe me, it was already. It was like you know, it shifted years. So it's um, it was okay. It was a good place to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I can just imagine Sean going. Wait, wait, wait. Yep, yeah, yeah, stop it now. Yep, yep. Good, good. Whew. Ah, finally, I can go have. I can go pee. But <laughs> the good thing is, the good thing is, I think if you do do that, and I, I've done that, is that if you actually go on and you resume watching, it will go back a little. You know, it goes back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a it little jumps way. back it a little bit. Sort of start where you finished. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it jumps back a little way to help you get back into it. Right. So I know I, I should be pilloried by that in the cinema world. How dare you? <laughs> how, dare, <laughs> how could you do that? How dare you? How was the film? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, but then again, next week we'll be talking about we'll be talking about cinema etiquette based on something yeah. that happened with Superfan Nina when she was watching Knives Out. But we'll be talking about that next week. But now all that's left to do for this week is to let you know who has won this week. Now this is a mega close one. I think it is after last after the last after last week where it was a dead heat between everything. This is a mega co- close one, which I think it's oh, essentially there's not point one. 
Oh, 0.1 of a star between 0.1 0.1 of a star between cinema and between Netflix this week. So let's do this. Has become something that we do. Who do you reckon has won, Sharon? I think Netflix. I think Netflix pipped it by the 0.1. Yeah, yeah. You're both right. Netflix has pipped it by (laughs) 0.1. Wow. By 0.1. Wow. It's yeah. I I like it when it's close. I like it when it's close. It means that there's good stuff for all of us to go watch. Although if although if you are if you are a younger person, probably like statistically speaking of a female persuasion, cinema is won by a mile this week. But <laughs> <laughs> let it go, let it go into the unknown. Yeah, oh, right, that's a new one. Even though I don't believe that you've sung it, I still can't remember it. You do know what Gemma's going to make you go to the sing along, don't the you? Unknown. They're bound to have a sing along, <laughs> anyway, anyway, right, so enough, enough. For, for any for anybody listening, for anybody listening, uh, thank you for listening this far. Please do find us on iTunes and do leave us uh, a review if it's five star. If it isn't five star, go away and never darken our door again. <laughs> or on any of the other platforms you listen to, we're now on Spotify. So have a listen on Spotify. Just find Netflix for cinema. And you guys might have noticed we have a new thumbnail. I made a new thumbnail, which I'm really really happy with, and I'm hoping we don't get sued for. But <laughs> <laughs> but but it'll be up on our Facebook page soon, and it'll be up on our Twitter page soon. But thank you so much for listening. Until next week, all that's left to say is. A goodbye from me and goodbye for me and a goodbye for me we will see you guys next week when we'll definitely be talking knives out and the other one charlie's angels that was it yeah cool yeah charlie's <laughs>